You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and joining me to discuss the current, I guess you could call it a crisis, is uh, the editor of the Aguna fanzine. He's a great um, guy, great journalist, fantastic friend as well. Welcome to the show, Leif Youssef. How you doing, mate? Hello, Harry. How you doing? Thanks very much, mate. No problem. The pleasure is all mine. Um, really looking forward to getting your thoughts on the current situation. Um, I'm going to start off with the big question, Leif, is the question around Mikel Arteta. There's been a lot of noise about the fact that maybe we're starting to see that actually this job was too big for somebody coming into management for the first time. It's not to say that Mikel Arteta won't go on to be a very good coach, but are you starting to get the impression that maybe this job has come too soon for him? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. We we did a we did a we always do a poll after games these days at Aguna on Twitter. Um, and last week we had around seven and a half thousand people voting. Um, and it was four four basic. Yeah, you know, the question was who who do you blame for the mess that Arsenal are in? And there was four options basically. You got the board. You got um, Arteta. You got the players. Um, and Wenger and Gazidis, basically. And 47% of that 7,500 last week said it was the players. We did another poll after yesterday. And again, around 6,000, the poll's still going at the moment, but 6,000 people have voted. And it's 46% for the players. So, yes, on one hand, there is a lot of frustration with, with Arteta. And I know a lot of people who I respect as Arsenal fans, as Arsenal writers, as, as good people who know the club, they're beginning to lose patience with Arteta now. I think for me and, and the Guna fanzine stance, as I put in the, the, the current issue in my um, editor's page, Lave's take, um, we're still behind him. We're still behind him because what's the alternative? You know, every, anyone who wants to say, oh yeah, get rid of the manager. Great. Okay. Get rid of the manager. Who are you going to bring in? If, if, if you're talking about Max Allegri, he was third choice 18 months ago. You know, he was third choice behind Emery and Arteta. So what are we saying? Are we saying third choice is best for Arsenal now? You know, I mean, who, who else is there? You know, there's some ridiculous names out there. Um, and also, if you change the manager, you're chopping and changing again all the time. You, you, there's, there's no continuity there. I think Arteta needs and deserves time. And the time has to be this season. He won the FA Cup four months ago. He won the Community Shield. Yes, the team is playing in a really disjointed way, in a really frustrating way. Some of the players there don't look like they're playing for him. I don't think he's lost the change room yet. But at the same time, there's a lot of underachieving players there who have got far more quality than than the results suggest, basically. But it's so frustrating because they're not bringing it through. So so, so what do you do? I, I, I've written a piece on this before and I, I, I liken it to, um, probably show me age here, but November 85. November 85, there was... Yeah, you had um, Don Howe's side basically that was um, that there was you know full of cliques and things like that, and uh, players passed past their best potentially, and never has been as well. And on November the nineteenth, nineteen eighty five, Arsenal went up to Everton. This this overaged, you know, this team of overaging prima donnas never has been players never players that never would be. They went up to a, a, an Everton side, admittedly a good Everton side in the mid eighties. Everton absolutely wiped the floor of them six one. 
week after Don Howe just said, look, that's it. I've had enough. I've had enough of everyone who's underachieving, who's supposed to be an experienced player, who's supposed to be an intelligent player, who's supposed to be a player that, 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 that can show leadership qualities. And he got rid of all of them and he brought in literally the South East County side. You know, that, that's a, for younger sort of viewers, that's a cross between the under-23s, the under-21s and the under-18s, really. It was one step below the reserves. The under the, the South East County's lads in 83-84, they, they wiped the table. They, they, they wiped their opposition. And you're talking about players like Tony Adams. You're talking about players like Martin Keown at the time. Um, obviously, players like Martin Hayes as well. There were so many others. Obviously, um, Rocky Rowcastle, Mickey Thomas. There were so many youngsters, young, hungry youngsters coming through. And I think Arsenal have got a groundswell of young players who who are better than the results show. And if people go, oh, well, you know, we, we, he's not going to pick him because, you know, we, we need to bring other players in. Well, if you're a young player and you're not getting an aside at the moment, that suggests you haven't got a future at Arsenal anyway. So if I was Arteta, I would just go, look, do you know what? You've done, yeah, Everyone's done their best or not, as the case may be. I'm going to bring in some young players now. If that fails in two or three months' time, maybe talk about changing manager. But at the moment, you've got players like Granite Jack, and I'm sure you're going to go on to that as well. Everyone liked it when he came back and showed a bit of character after his embarrassing um, display against Palace last year when he threw his shirt to the ground on, on being subs. Everyone likes someone who can show a bit of character and come back. But time and time again, he has let himself down. He's let his club down. He's let his teammates down. He's let the fans down through a complete lack of lack of indis indiscipline. And I, I did a tweet yesterday, and I've written about this before as well. If you look at Graham Jacker purely in terms of midfielder, he's not creative enough to be a number 10. Yeah. He's not athletic enough to be a box-to-box -box midfielder and he's not defensively disciplined enough to be a holding midfielder. So so what does he bring to the party? And if you can't even stay on the pitch as well, then, you know, there, there's a lot of things that you need to ask him, basically. And um, so, so for me, to answer your question, I, I'm still with Arteta, but I, I think things do have to change and he has to realise that picking the same players week in, week out and, and not changing results is, is not the way to go now. He has to do something else, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and I've been sort of trying to rack my brains over the last few weeks as to why when these so-called senior players that we're talking about, the likes of Granite Xhaka, you know, a, a couple of others that I've been disappointed with would be Willian, Hector Bellerin at times. You know, you're looking at those players and you're thinking they're not performing. And what strikes me as strange is, is Mikel's reluctance to then turn to some of the youngsters. Now, he's made it very clear that he's not going to take... Um, he's not going to take shit for wanting of a better word from certain players. Yet when it comes to this particular situation, he doesn't seem to want to make that decision, want to make that big call. I, I, me personally, I disagree with, with some of the big calls he's made, but I would have a lot more respect for them, for him if he followed them through. And again, I, I, look, I, I don't know how I feel right now about Mikel Arteta at the, at the start of well last week I was very much saying you know it's it's the players and you know we've got to give him time and I still think that now I've calmed down and I've sort of had time to process it and think about it that he probably still deserves a bit more time it's just with each passing week it's becoming more and more difficult to defend certain decisions and insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results isn't it so at some point you can understand why certain sections of the fan base are starting to ask those questions. Um, big hello to Kevin Campbell who's currently joining us in the chat. He says, hi, Harry. Great to see you get Leif on. Arsenal need to stick to their man and make a statement if they back him. Culture has gone at the club, no longer about winners. Yeah, I, it would be helpful, wouldn't it, Leif, if the club made their stance clear on it right now rather than sort of mixed messages. Come out, put a statement. We're fully behind Mikel Arteta. 
do you think that they should do that? Or do you think that in their eyes, the situation isn't that bad yet? And that's why they have not done it. Yeah, I mean, you make some really, really good good points there, good interesting points there, Harry, and it's obviously great to hear from the big man Kevin Campbell as well, absolute legend from my, my book, love him a bit, lovely bloke as well, I watched him play for Arsenal for most of his career as well, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're talking about clubs putting out statements, I remember when you put out a statement in the 80s and the 90s, that was the dreaded vote of confidence, so when a yeah. board puts out a statement, two weeks later they sack the manager, so I'm not, I'm not one for statements, really, because the only statement you should make is on the pitch and Arsenal need to start winning. You're absolutely right. It's not a, an act of disloyalty for, for any intelligent Arsenal fan to, to want to discuss Arteta's future. Certainly when it's our, our worst run of, run of results and worst start to a season for 50-odd years, never mind the mid-70s when we finished 16th and 17th in, in 74 and 75 after you know four years you know, four years before that, winning the double. This is worse. This is the sort of mediocrity that was in the 50s, basically. That after the late 40s, early 50s, good sides disappeared. And this is really worrying. So you're absolutely right. There's no, you know, there's no shame in, in, in questioning Arteta. It's how you do it. And it's, it's if you want to be analytical rather than be, uh, you know, uh, judgmental in terms of the immediate reaction after a game basically. And there's nothing wrong with that either because people it is a passionate game and people do get get annoyed. I mean, I've been there as well. I'm sure you were yesterday. And, you know, I certainly was as well. But at the same time, if you sit down and reason it, there's a lot of players, there's a lot of dead wood in there that shouldn't be in there. And for whatever reason, to go back to your point as well, I, I was at Arteta's first ever press conference as a manager at London Colney just before Christmas, or just, yeah, just before Christmas. The Bournemouth game on Boxing Day was his first game, wasn't it? Because um, yeah. Everton was still Freddie, basically. But at the same time, Arteta said he was going to be ruthless. And, and and you're right, he has been ruthless to certain players. If you want to talk about Mesut Ozil, he's been completely ruthless when other managers, bigger bigger names and far bigger names than Arteta, couldn't, couldn't deal with the situation in terms of making a decision. Wenger, you know, Emery, you've got other players as well. Mourinho, other managers as well. Mourinho, when um, Mesut Ozil was in Real Madrid, none of those managers could get the best out of him. You know, Arteta obviously realised after the you know, the sort of break and and, and um, the restart, project restart with, with COVID. He's obviously realised that Arteta, uh, Mesut Ozil is not going to buy in to that system where you've got to press everyone down. But at the same time, Arsenal pressing at the moment. They didn't look like they were pressing yesterday. There, 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 there's so many reasons for this malaise at Arsenal. And it is, it's to do with so many structural faults in the club that have been allowed to get worse over over the last few years. Yes, of course, it's the players. It is Arteta's fault as well. It, it, potentially, it's Cronky as well. I'm not a big fan of Cronky. Obviously, you could argue he's put the 72 million in for Pepe last year, but he needs to seriously invest money if Arsenal are going to pull away from the relegation zone because we could be in a relegation fight, which is very, very worrying. But there's also other matters as well. There's also other people you can blame. You can blame Gazidis, Ivan Gazidis. 2012, he said, you know, the, one of the main reasons Arsenal were moving from Highbury was to compete with the biggest clubs in the world. We're not even competing with Burnley at the moment, all due respect to Burnley. You know, and there's, there's, you could argue Wenger went on too long. I don't want to go into the ends of that thing. I'm sure no one does anymore. But at the same time, it, it, you could argue that the, 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 the rot set in then. Um, you've obviously got the loss of Mislin's hat as well. You've got Raul Ali who came in who wasn't particularly effective. You've got Edu who's quite inexperienced in terms of his European contacts. But everywhere you look at Arsenal at the moment, there's a weakness or, or a structural fault that needs to be addressed. But there's no real 
overriding, overarching leadership there because the Cronkies are silent stand, isn't it? They're, 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 they're absentee owners. I know Josh played a hands-on role, but it's almost like he's got a new toy and he sort of dips into it and then gets bored again or, or his dad tells him to, to walk away from it. We need leadership from the top and it's not happening at the moment. Arteta is a symptom of what's going on. I don't think he's the main fault. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the only fault. I think he is at the moment part of the issue though as well and and i i go back to the points that that you made so well the, the points about being ruthless with certain players and not taking that same approach with others that can't go down well in the dressing room you know there's gonna that's gonna cause divisions i think i think that you can't continuously pick players that don't perform yet claim to be this ruthless manager who's not going to take anything below his non-negotiable standards you this is where Arteta has let himself down a little bit I think I think that plus the fact that the football hasn't always been great to watch and I know that should be a side issue if you're getting the results but now that the results are not coming that becomes an even bigger issue doesn't it it becomes more magnified it becomes something that we look at as fans a little bit more you know then you look at sort of some of the decisions in the summer, you know, I know that we couldn't move on the players that we wanted to move on. And that was out of Arsenal's hands, unfortunately. Not only is it difficult to get underperforming players out the door who are on big salaries, but when a global pandemic hits as well, I've got big sympathy for the club in that situation. But the decision to give Willian that contract, you know, at the time, I was very much of the opinion that if we got Willian in as a backup to our forward line, somebody with experience, somebody with quality as a, a bit of support to those some of those younger players that are coming through. I was OK with that. But the guy plays every single week and doesn't perform. And and Leif, I, I just wanted to get your take on kind of the, the rumblings that are coming out of the club now about some of the fallings out behind the scenes. What do you kind of understand about the David Lewis thing? Apparently, he's not talking to Mikel Arteta now. Apparently, Arteta's vowed to destroy whoever the leak is uh, of all these kind of incidents behind the scenes. Do you think that's the papers capitalising on the crisis at Arsenal and trying to make stories? Or do you think there is something in that? Those stories only happen when when you've got an unhappy club. Um, you know, I've got a couple of sources in the in the club and I, I do hear things as well. But every one of those stories, there would have been a reason behind it. It wouldn't have been plucked out of nowhere, basically. And it doesn't seem like a particularly happy ship behind the scenes. I, you know, I, as I say, I talked to a couple of people and, and, and it is slightly disharmonious, but, but a win changes everything. I don't think it's at the point now when you've, you you look at the, the, the dying days of the Emery reign. When, do you remember the Southampton game? 2-1 yeah. down, 95th minute. First, I've been watching Arsenal 40 years. I've never seen a reaction like that to a goal when not one single player celebrated Lacazette's goal because I knew it kept, you know, it kept Emery in a job for another week as it was he got sacked on the Thursday against Frankfurt. But at the same time, that that was incredible. And Arteta is nowhere near that, nowhere near that. He knows the players that he wants to get rid of. He knows the players that he has to get rid of. And he knows generally who he wants to bring in, basically, or at the very least promote. With, from within and it's just not happening for a fact of a reason you've also got party as well they asked to be fair to arsenal they did well to get party he was a he was a massive target everyone seems to have forgotten about him and that that's symptomatic of of, of a club that's struggling because you just don't get the breaks in terms of big money signings not being fit to play if he was fit 
I, I think Arsenal would be a potentially a, a, a different side. But having said that, you, you need someone next to him. And the decision to let Guendouzi go, OK, you know, they're, they're, everyone's heard the stories about him being too too big for his boots and, and being a bit too cocky. And the Brighton game last year after restart maybe was symptomatic of that as well. But at the same time, if you're going to let him go, but still play someone like Granite Xhaka, who is just not, fit for purpose these days then what what does that say about your managerial skills he is learning and that's why i'm prepared to give him time but he has to show that he's learning from his mistakes if you keep making the same mistakes and not learning from as you so rightly said then where do you go from here so it, there, there are a lot of elements for concern among, uh, you know, amongst arteta's decision making but i hope he learns from them he doesn't seem to have done that so far but as i say the starting point for me is four months ago he won the fa cup so the very least we have to give him this season i know there's you, you you can always say that no team is too good to go down, basically. And, and Arsenal have to beware of the, the, the sort of example of Nottingham Forest in the 90s when they went down under Brian Clough, you know, having having all those years of success prior to that. No one, no one's untouchable. But at the same time, two or three wins, that'll prevent us back into, you know, the heady heights of 12, 14, 10, whatever. And then we can start talking about regrouping again. But they need to get those wins under their belt. And if you look at the fixtures coming up, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll be at the game on, um, on Wednesday. I'm covering a game in the press box again. Southampton we've got Everton away on a Saturday after that Boxing Day we've got Chelsea you know Brighton away then 28th 29th West Bromway they're all difficult games if you look at five games how many points are we going to get out of 15 if they carry on playing they, the way they are at the moment so it is really worrying but I, I'm not going to press any, any any panic buttons yet having said that if we lose the next five games and the, the performance is just not good enough then you know maybe we do have to have a proper conversation about our tech at the moment but, but at the same time I think he's due He's due a couple more weeks, at least in terms of, you know, not not beginning to doubt him properly. But having said that, as you say, as a lot of people have said, some of the decisions he made have been really, really strange and don't seem to have learned from from previous mistakes. So it, it is a massive conundrum. Yeah, uh, agreed, mate. Agree with everything you've just said there. Um, let's say a big hello to Mark Flats, another former Arsenal man joining <laughs> us in the chat. He says, are the board true to their word? Don't think Arteta would have signed a contract knowing he hasn't got the backing of the Cronkies and scouting must be asked what they're looking for in a player. But first, we need to offload at least seven players, which is going to be hard because they're on good money. Don't care if they play or not. Sad, sad times. No leaders, no winners. When the team lose, when the team lose, it seems... They don't care enough. Long, long season. I mean, we, uh, we've we got the best audience in the world, as you can see already. Um, so thank you to every single one of you guys uh, for tuning in. Don't forget, smash the like button on the video if you haven't already. Uh, leave us a review if you're listening via the uh, podcast format. Um, Leif, I, I want to say thank you to you on air for allowing me the opportunity to write a column um, in this uh, latest edition of the Guna fanzine. It's something I've always bought growing up and I'm really delighted to have had that opportunity. So I want to thank you for that, first of all. And then if you want to let people know how they can get hold of it, and I'll share uh, a screen share on those, for those of the people watching on YouTube so they can see what the site looks like, so they can go on there and they can find it. Because obviously now, without fans being able to attend the games, um, it's a little bit more difficult to, well, it's not more difficult. It just, you can't get hold of it by that traditional method. So people need to go online. Um, so yeah, tell us how we can find it. And um, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
got to say first and foremost thanks for coming on board the the, the guna fanzine has always been a platform for great arsenal writing and great arsenal writers and we're revamping that again now and to have you on board is a is a massive positive for us as well so thanks to you as well mate i really appreciate it. and it's a cracking column too so um yeah long may that continue um yeah in terms of the guna I, I was outside the ground yesterday flogging a few we've got alex some of you may know him the legendary arsenal guna sales when you would have seen him at away games home games all over the place i had a bit of a chat with him it's been a really strange season because obviously, you know, we produce six issues a year, 68 pages of the best Arsenal writing around. You'd be hard-pressed to find anywhere better on the planet with such a great collection of Arsenal writers. We've got Charlie Watts from the from the press box. I'm, I'm proud to call Charlie a pal and a colleague as well. He, he's got a great column. We've got Obinio, the, the Arsenal yep. stats man, basically up to, up to Joe, peerless stats man. He's on board as well. We've got Dave Seeger. We've got your good self. We've got so many others as well. We've got John Sperling, the, the Arsenal author. We've got we've got a million really, really good writers and we're trying to get even more under one umbrella to get the best Arsenal writer. And that's in print. And print, for me, obviously, you know, I've worked on newspapers. Print is seen as a dying trade in a way. And not not enough people buy printed magazines or newspapers or, or books or anything like that in my book. But at the same time, I, I look at what we're trying to do at the Guna is, is a sort of, you know, if you look at vinyl, people are getting back into vinyl again. They're buying records. If you said that 10 years ago, people would think you you were crazy, basically. So I want people to look at the, the buying the Guna on a match day as, as a real treat, as a boutique sort of purchase, but at the same time as an essential purchase because there's so much good writing in there. And it's from genuine Arsenal supporters who are informed, who are intelligent, who are irreverent as well. We've got we've got the lot, basically. So it has been really, really difficult to, to get those... Gunas, you know, sold on match days because there's been no fans apart from the last couple of games. And obviously with London going back into tier three, you know, I won't be selling any before I go into the press box on Wednesday. Well, you can buy it online. We've got a really, really good website. Loads of people read it. Um, it's growing all the time again. We've got so many decent writers on there. So you, if you go on to, you just Google online Guna, um, Guna fans in anything like that, it'll come up and you can buy it. We've got around 1,300 subscribers as well, and they are our absolute lifeline. So if anyone's watching who's a subscriber, thank you so much, basically, because you've kept us alive through um, through difficult and challenging times. And I'm not making a you know particular case because everyone's gone through it. It's been tough for everyone. So I just want to say thanks for everyone's support, including yourself, Harry, and it's great to have you on board the Guna. Thank you, mate. Really, really appreciate it. And guys, you can, for those of you watching us on YouTube, you can see on your screen now, if you head over to the online Guna and you click on the shop tab at the top of the page, it will take you right here and you'll be able to order uh, the Guna fanzine. You can see there's different options depending on where it is in the world that you're buying it from and the guys will get it sent out to you. So if you haven't checked out this month's edition, um, make sure you do that. Check it out. I've got a column in there, which I'm really, really proud of. And as again, thank you uh, for giving me the opportunity, mate. Um, so check it out, guys, uh, and spread the word. Um, as as Leif says, it's, it's one of the best Arsenal publications out there. So please do check it out. Right. That brings us to the end of this live edition of the podcast. My thanks to Leif for joining me once again. How can people follow you on Twitter, mate? Yeah, just just Leafy twenty nine. If they want to give me uh, their opinion or just abuse me, basically. More importantly, Guna fanzine on Twitter. We've also was just we literally started a Facebook page on Instagram as well. We're growing all the time on social media, and obviously the print version is our gold standard. Six issues a year. Sign up and be a subscriber. It makes a great Christmas present. It does indeed. Thank you to every single one of you for tuning in. Smash the like button if you haven't. Subscribe if you haven't already. Turn your notifications on so you never miss a show. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care. Stay safe. Cheers.
You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. 